My goodness gracious, that's good stuff there, isn't it? What a worship service. Thank you so much. Thank our choir and our praise team, and thank all of you for taking part in our worship. And um, it's just, uh, man, what a worship service. If you brought your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. See Brother Ed Fowler there, and so glad to see you, Brother Ed, Jerry, your family. So many here today, and so we don't get to see a lot of because you're out of town, out of state, but it's always good to see you when you come back in. We're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 12, and uh, we're going to begin reading with verse, uh, verse 16, read down to verse 21. I'm going to share a message that I've entitled, When Time Runs Out, When Time Runs Out. Look, if you would, at Luke 12, verse 16. Speaking of Jesus, Then he spoke a parable of them. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? And so he said, I'll do this. I will pull down my barns, and I'll build greater and there I'll store all of my crops and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? And so it is who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for an opportunity we've had to just come here today and be with each other, but Lord, to worship you. And again, I thank you for each person here. I thank you for the help that they have and allowed them to be here today. And I thank you, Lord, for the worship time we had. Father, I can sense your spirit, Lord, as we worship you, and I pray that Everything was pleasing in your sight. And God, now as we open your word, we pray that you will speak to us. Let us realize, Lord, that this is not words just on printed paper, but these are words that you've written to us. And Lord, inspired by the Holy Spirit, written by the holy men of God. And so, Father, I pray now as we... Uh, I've gathered to hear your word, that your spirit would be our teacher and guide, and that you would convict of righteousness and of judgment. And Father, I pray that uh, at the appropriate time that uh, those uh, decisions that need to be made today publicly, that people would step forward and unashamedly stand for you and make those decisions that you've called them to make. Thank you for what you're going to do in our time of service. And I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This past week, our hearts were stirred and troubled when we heard about a Titanic tourist submergible that went missing shortly after it started its 13,000-foot descent to the North Atlantic Ocean floor. We were told that there were five people on board. We also were told that they had um, 
about 96 hours of oxygen for their trip. Which would be really more than enough to get them down 6 to 10 hours, to get them back up if it took 6 to 10 hours. It was like, what could go wrong? I mean, everything's looking good for this trip. Just another day, just another trip. We've done it before, and so we can do it again. And then we were notified that communications had been lost about an hour and a half into that trip. And as the time ticked away, there was no sound. And then there was a sound, but it was not a distinguished sound. Some thought, well, it may be the ships that are on top of the water. Or it could be a current moving some debris back and forth against the hull of the Titanic. Didn't sound like SOS. It was just some noise. And as time ticked away, we were told they had 24 hours, 24 hours of oxygen left. And they continued on in time toward their demise, toward their death. And then we were told that they had 12 hours to live, but they continued in time toward their demise. Then we were told they had six hours. Not even enough to get back to the surface. But they continued on in time toward their demise. And then we were told that a debris field had been found and it appeared that the sub had imploded. And there were definitely no survivors. Time had run out. And for those on board... Life ended. It ended in a nanosecond. I looked up what a nanosecond. A nanosecond is one and one nine zeros. One and one billionth of a second. Quicker than blinking your eye. In that quickness, in that nanosecond, time was over. Time ran out for those that was on board that uh, submergible. And the point is, life ends. Time runs out. We're witnesses of that today as we come to lay flowers at the grave of a loved one, a friend, or a neighbor. All of us are alive today, and we feel good about that. But at the same time, the clock is ticking, and one day the clock will stop. And life will end, and there will be no more time as we know it here on earth. Hebrews 9.27 pretty well bears that out. It says this, And as it is appointed for man once to die, but after this the judgment. You say, well, Brother Sammy, do you mean that God has a certain day for me to die? Yes. He does. Psalm 139, verse 16, in a different translation, says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God has it all down in his book. Your birth, before you came to be. Your inward parts, he knew about before you came to be. Psalm 139, 16. 
and then he assigned your birth date, and then he signed your death date. And so there is, there is an appointment. One day you and I, we're going to die, and right now time is running out. Now, we've set the fourth Sunday in June as our homecoming and our decoration day. And the purpose of this day really is just to come back to this place and, and, reflect, and reflect on the sweet memories of our, our younger years that we had with our families and friends and neighbors and our brothers and sisters in Christ here at this church. And then to go and place flowers on the graves of those where time ran out and death came. And so the essence of this message this morning in just a little simple sentence is this. Come to Christ today while you still have time. The clock's ticking. The clock of life has been wound and it's counting down. Years ago, I heard a poem by Robert Smith, and while I was preparing this message, that poem came to mind. And This is what Smith penned. The clock of life has been wound and it's counting down. The clock of life is wound but once and no one has the power to tell just when the hands will stop at late or early hour. To lose one's wealth is sad indeed. To lose one's health is more. To lose one's soul is such a loss that no man can restore. The present only is our own so live, love, toil with a will. Place no faith in tomorrow, for the clock may then be still. Ticking down, running out. This morning, June the 25th, 2023, the Lord has given you and given me time, place, and a will for us to prepare for the time when the clock stops. Don't be so naive to think that it's not going to stop for you and for me. Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21, Jesus speaks a parable. And a parable is an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning, a spiritual meaning. And Jesus tells of a man who had done very well in his life. The Bible says that he was a rich man. He wasn't just rich, he was very rich, very rich. He had reaped a bumper crop in agricultural society, and, man, he had done well. He was very wealthy, and then he reaps this bumper crop, and he had never had such a harvest before in his farming. But that raised a problem. And the question was, what will he do with all this surplus? What's he going to do? With the, with the poor in front of him, he said this, I know what I'll do, paraphrasing, I'll build bigger barns and better barns. Because you see, he, would, he, would, he had plans to store all of that excess grain until the commodity would be in short supply and he'd pull his grain out and he'd make a huge profit then by selling his grain at a higher price. He would become richer. But he made three mistakes, and I want to point those out to you if you're taking notes. First of all, he mistook, he mistook his bank note or his bank book for the Bible. 
He made a mistake by mistakenly taking his bank book for his Bible. I mean, he measured his success in life by what he read in his bank book and on his balance sheet and not what he read in the Bible. And so notice he had this selfish attitude about him. Notice the times that he used the pronoun my. He said it's my crops and my barns and my goods and it's my soul. So he made a mistake. First of all, he read his bank book and he didn't read the Bible. But the second mistake he made, he mistook his body for his soul. He mistook his body for his soul. Notice he had a talk with his soul there in verse 19. He said, I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up. Eat, drink, and be merry. Isn't that a strange way to talk to your soul? Soul, eat, drink, and be merry. I mean... What use does a soul have for barns and crops and banquets and music and drinking? What, what use does your soul have for those things? Those things are for the material use of life. They're for the natural life. So friend, listen, the soul is engineered for the spiritual side of life, not the material side of life. So doesn't need barns and crops and banquets and music and dancing. The soul needs to be saved. The soul needs to be sanctified and set apart for the Lord to use. So the soul needs to be fed, but fed from the Bible. But the man had no thought or concern for those things. So the rich farmer made three mistakes. Mistook his bank book for the Bible. Mistook his body for his soul. And then he mistook time for eternity. More than likely, this was a young man. So young men, listen up. Verse 19 says, I've stored up for many years. Young guy, many years, long way to retirement. I have a long time to acquire stuff and things and money and riches. I'm going to live it up. Very selfish. And he was saying all of this, and he's going to be dead before daylight. You see, he, he thought his future would be filled with fun and music and trips and laughing and drinking. So while he's looking at his bank book, God is looking at a, another book. God is, God's looking at the balance sheet of his spiritual life. And his spiritual balance sheet could be described in one word. Spiritual balance sheet, bankrupt. And spiritual things. And then Jesus said, fool. Here was a man who laid up treasures for himself, and he was not rich toward God. Verse 21, 
if you'll notice our text, verse 21, if you'll notice, God says this happens, this will happen to anyone, anyone who is, doesn't lay up treasures for God. He says, so is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. What does that mean, being rich toward God? Well, he didn't think about God. He wasn't rich toward God. He didn't think about God. He wasn't interested in God. He refused to give himself to God. He rejected the things of God. God and the things of God, none of those things were in his life. It was all about money and wealth and acquiring things and having a good time and neglecting and forsaking the most important thing that he had, and that was his soul. Mark chapter 8, verse uh, 36 and 37 says this. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Verse 37. Or what shall a man or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You see, the most important thing you have is your soul. I don't care how much money you have, how big your house is, all the, all the toys you have. If you don't have Jesus Christ and you lose your soul, your whole life has been worthless. Time ran out for the rich young farmer. This past uh, Thursday, time ran out for those five who were on board that Titanic submergible. I, I pray that they were saved, but their eternity was sealed as soon as time ran out. Last Sunday morning, um, time ran out for Jason Plazo. Jason was 45 years old and attended our church, good friends with Eric Reason. And Eric, I saw him get up and go out, and Eric left a note and said, Eric, um, Jason had a heart attack. And then Eric calls me back at 1230. I was still here in the foyer, and he said, Jason didn't make it. 45 years old. His fiancée, Crystal Williams, her daughter, Chloe, they just told me this past couple of days to tell the church family they appreciate your prayers and all that you have done for them. Thank you for your prayers and your cards. You see, Jason's time ran out on earth. But just about a year or so ago, Eric, I guess, Jason was saved. He was saved. He was saved. But prior to that time, that time ran out, he was saved. And so many things he wanted to do for God, but he ran out of time. And then Friday morning I received a text that John Jackson, the brother of Amy Vandiver, had passed. He was 42. I spoke to Amy last night. In fact, his funeral's today, visitation at one, funeral at two in Ewan, and I'm not going to be able to make that. I, I talked with her last night and told her that we'd be praying for her today and her dad and her family members. And she shared with me about John, and she said for years she was brokenhearted about her brother. He just got off on the wrong track when he was a teenager. 
And she said, I almost stopped praying for John. But I kept on praying. He was one, he was my who's your one ball that I put in that display who I was praying for to be saved. And she said, I continued to pray for him. And she said, they came into his room the other night, hospital room, and they had this DNR, do not resuscitate, for him to sign. And uh, she asked him, she said, uh, John, do you understand what that says? And he said, yeah. And she said, are you okay with that? And he said, well, I am now. I asked Jesus to forgive me and come into my life and save me last night, and he did. And she shared with me a letter that she had written about her brother. I asked her if I could read it. She said yes, and I'll read parts of it. John, John, you was always so mischievous, and you had all the energy a little boy could ever have. You went full speed each day ahead, each day until you dropped for a few minutes of sleep. Your teen years brought you heartache that changed you, and I never fully comprehended how deep an ache it was until it was too late. But today I want to talk about your living day, June the 11th, 2023. You made me the happiest and the proudest sister anyone could ever have. That's the day you truly realized that you were a sinner and you needed a Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, how so many had prayed and prayed for months and years and you would always seem to be aggravated at us when we would bring it up. You would tell us that you were not that bad person. You were not a bad person. And one time you even told us that you got saved, yet later you tell us that you was it was just because you felt that was something we wanted you to do, but I could still see the unsettledness in you. This time, though, I could tell by the look on your face that the peace you had. This time you were the one that brought it up. You were so sick, but you had a smile that spoke volumes when you told me that you asked for forgiveness of your sins and you knew Jesus was the only way and that being a a good person meant nothing because we have all sinned and could never be good enough. And God gives us grace and mercy through Jesus. You even yelled out, I love Jesus to strangers, and that was definitely not something you would have done before. And this being why I wanted to tell your story now, for others to know it's not too late. There was a beautiful change in you. You chose that day to live for God. Your chains are gone. You're set free. And today your living day reached into eternity. It's just like you to race ahead of me to get to Jesus and mom and mama first. Until I see you again, baby brother, I'll always love you. Love me. Time ran out for the five on the submergible. Time ran out for the rich young ruler. Time ran out for Jason Plazzo, but he was saved. Time ran out for John Jackson, but five days prior to God calling him home, he was saved. Time runs out for 150,000 people per day worldwide. Time runs out for 7,974 per day in America. 
and one day time will run out for you. And so the question is this, what are you going to do about the knowledge that you've received today? Have you placed faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Have you, have you acknowledged your sin, acknowledged that you were a sinner, turned from your sin and turned to the only one that can save you, and that's Jesus? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Have you confessed your sins, asked him to forgive you, to come into your life and save you? He says that in Romans 10, 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you been serious about your salvation? Is it all about being a rich farmer or someone that's saved and knows Jesus Christ? Heavenly Father, I thank you for an opportunity we've had just to focus on the importance of time. And so, Father, I pray for each person here this morning. Those who have never trusted Christ, I pray that today they'll come. And God, I prayed this morning, I prayed yesterday, this week, someone would be saved. And Father, I've done all I can do. I can share the word and lead them to the person that can save them. But Father, they have to be obedient. They have to be willing to humble their heart and to step forth and say, hey, man, I come acknowledging my sinfulness and I need a Savior and I want to be saved. I pray people would come today. I pray others that need to make other decisions uh, to unite with this church by church membership, by, by placing membership in this church. Some may have been saved, never followed through in believer's baptism. They need to come today. But first, the first thing they can do in their profession is to follow you in believer's baptism, testifying their belief in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I pray that they'll come. So many people. And Father, you know, I wanted to preach something different. You just wouldn't let me. And I know why. There's someone, many perhaps, that need this message this morning, needed this message. And so, Father, I've, I've preached it. My hands are off of it. And so it's up to your Holy Spirit to draw them to you. I can't. I can't. And the only way that they can be saved, Father, is that you draw them. And I pray, Lord, as you draw them, that they'll step out and come. Mamas and dads, grandmothers, granddaddies, aunts and uncles, members of our community, guests that are visiting, whomever, Father, that needs you. Help them to realize now is the time of acceptance. Today is the day of salvation. And they would come today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, again, I want to thank you for viewing our worship service. If you'd like to know how you could come to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, please feel free to contact our church at the address listed. We also encourage you to visit our website. Thank you, and may God bless you.